Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Ladies and gentlemen, oh my gosh, this is going to be an epic conversation with David Krantz. We're going to be talking about decoding our genes so that we can make better life choices, so that we can upgrade our clarity, our health, our wellness, our vibrancy, and freaking create the best life ever. I'm all about it. Stay tuned. It's going to be an epic interview. Before that, you, my heart is just so big for you listening, tuning in right now, hearing these words, watching this interview. So thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing to be on the journey of becoming your greatest possible self. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I uh, appreciate you being here. Thank you for supporting us and tuning in, okay? Next up is the iTunes review of the week, and this week it's by C.A. Cleary. Let's put that up on the screen. C.A. Cleary says, valuable and entertaining content. It's obvious that Chris really cares about becoming his best self and helping others to do the same. He listens well, asks thoughtful questions, and highlights action steps his audience can take for personal and professional development. His energy and enthusiasm make his interviews not only interesting, but enjoyable to listen to. C.A. Cleary, thank you so much for that review. And if you want to give us a review, get a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream, go to beergpscom forward slash iTunes or search greatest possible self on the Apple Podcast Store. Thank you so much for doing that. Let us know what you love about the show, what you want to see more of, and how we can keep growing it for you. I'm going to introduce David in just a second here. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes because this deep dive into, into your DNA, into your cellular biology, into your genome, into who you are, and getting the answers to create your best life ever. Man, if only we were taught this in school, I think we'd all be completely different, way more empowered, way happier, way more fulfilled human beings. So this is the gold that you have been looking for, seeking for, and that could really change everything for you. So stay all the way through till the end of this interview because we're going to be dropping some value bombs. David's going to light it up in here. So let's introduce him and we'll bring him on the screen. David Krantz is a certified epigenetic coach and highly sought after expert in the field of individualized genetic-based nutrition and peak performance. As a lifelong musician, David sees the various systems of the body as parts of a complex symphony. And as a coach, he excels at helping clients fine-tune those parts to create resonant, harmonious health and harness their creative and personal power. An expert in pharmacognetics pharma pharma of the endocannabinoid system, <laughs> these are words I don't say very often, uh, as an expert in the pharmacognetics of endocannabinoid system. I said it right the first time. Why did I go back? <laughs> David is best known for developing a proprietary genetic test that helps people understand their unique and individual response to cannabinoids. He was nominated in 2019 as a top 100 health innovator by the International Forum for Healthcare Advancement. A biohacker by training and an artist by nature, David enjoys working 
with others who have a deep passion for getting the most out of life, for becoming our greatest possible selves. And we are ready to rock and roll. David, are you ready to rock the house, my good sir? I am ready to rock the house, Chris. It is a (laughs) pleasure to be here with you, my friend. (laughs) Thank you, man. Thank you for being here. We're going to dive right into the theme of today, which is the power of progression, man. And I want to hear from your perspective of being an epigenetic coach and just in life. What does that mean for you, man? The power of progression. Well, in my life, that's really looked like figuring out what who I want to be at different stages of my life and yep. not necessarily being bound to the same person that I was a year ago or five years ago and really learning how to shed those layers. And um, for me, like how my own biology and you know the way that my my body works and brain works and um, both of those things together over time have really allowed me to progress and change and you know that's what I'd really love to talk to you today about is how you can really leverage and harness some of the biological potential that you might not be necessarily tapped into to reinforce and really you know boost the possibility for that type of internal emotional uh, change and and ability to really live up to what your potential is. David, I love it. I, I hear I hear evolution as such a powerful philosophy of you. It's like who who I was yesterday, who I was five minutes ago, five seconds ago is not the same person I have to be in the next five seconds or in the next five minutes, five years, whatever it might be. And so that evolutionary journey, if we simply are open to the information, if we're curious about what's going on in our body and our uh, physiology of our psychology, and we start making those fine-tuned tweaks, Everything can be different in the course of however long. So I, I love it, man. I love that that progression mindset that you have. And I mentioned it in your intro, but in your own words, why don't you share with our audience how you're serving your clients today and what you stand for, man? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm an epigenetic coach, meaning I work with clients to help them first understand their genes and B, really shift and change genetic expression for the most positive, beneficial thing we can, we can get going on. So, um, you know, I work with people on um, individual nutrition, personalized strategies for uh, wellness and longevity, and, you know, kind of work with a range of people. I work with a lot of people that are really interested in optim- optimization. You know, they're kind of at a, at a starting at a really solid place, but are just looking for that edge and you're looking for that next level. Um, but I also work with people that are working on a specific condition that they might not have had success with, with traditional or even other alternative means. Uh, and so we go really deep and, and look at root causes of, of things and really we get to the, the bottom of how all the systems in the body are working together. Yeah. So any symptom that's on the external, so to speak, it's most likely there's some kind of root, there's some kind of thing that we are not aware, some trigger, some mechanism that's happening because of our environment, the food that we're eating, whatever our habitual things are that that have conditioned that symptom to to react and respond and surface and we can go in there and and like a like a surgeon so to speak or a you know operator technician go to work on those different genes and make sure hey if this is this gene is firing and we don't want it to fire we can go in and and look and experiment and play around with that and with your experience you know like a, a lot of common genes that are firing and how to rewire that and reprogram that so it it doesn't create those negative symptoms anymore yeah, exactly. And I, th- I think that really looking at it from that perspective of, you know, there's all of these interrelated genes that are working together. And, you know, what I, I really try and get away from, and it's kind of a little bit of a paradox, I actually try and you know, really get away from the reductionist model of just go- focusing on this one little 
you know, w- corner of, of the body. And, you know, it's what you see in terms of most Western medicine where, um, you know, we're, we're looking at just the symptoms and we're trying to just get rid of the symptoms, mm-hmm. but it's not really looking at the root cause. And, you know, Western medicine is great if you got a broken bone and there's a, you know, a cause that, you know, you could see and you need fixed, like, great, but it's not very good at working with long-term chronic things or just mm-hmm. even looking at what the levels of health are beyond just kind of basic functioning. Like you're not going to go to your doctor and say, Hey, I want to perform better. Right. That's just not really what doctors do. So I kind of pick up the slack and say, all right, you know, we know that there's incredible medical advances. Let's take them and use them for our, our own benefit. Let's not just leave this in the realm of fixing disease. Let, let's use this for actually increasing our capacity to do the things we want to do in life. And really looking at, you know, the systems approach where, you know, one thing is going to always affect another thing and there's no disconnection. There's everything is interrelated. And so, like you said, we can shift the function of genes through all of these different means and mechanisms that are all connected where, you know, diet, uh, exercise, stress, meditation, uh, environmental exposure, relationships, all of these things are shown to impact genetic expression. So, you know, if, you want to approach it from a non-reductionistic model, you kind of got to take all those things into account. And so I'm really big on helping people assess the overall inputs to the human system and say, where can we tweak some things? Where can we really look at optimizing the inputs to get the outputs that you want? And, And especially the, symphony of our life right what is, what is the symphony that we're experiencing what what is life like for us is it a joy is it a pleasure do we feel fulfilled energized alive is is every moment magic or is it a a you know just like tragedy is life every day suffering we're just miserable because it doesn't have to be that way and so i want to go back into your new journey dave and talk about like for you music and how music evolved into your current career because i think you know health and wellness well-being genetic expression from music how the heck does that happen someone might think so tell us about the journey man yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I started my life out as a musician and I had instruments in my hand since I was five years old. And, um, when I was in my, you know, when, when I went to college, I discovered producing electronic music and nice. got super into it, just became obsessed with it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, had, had some pretty good success, released some albums. I was touring, um, you know, it was very fortunate to, you know, be playing all over the U S and, um, really kind of ran my health into the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I was living kind of the late night, you know, artistic lifestyle and not taking care of my body and partying. And, um, also at the same time, just like not really making good decisions with where I was putting my energy with people and relationships and, um, kind of had all the factors working against me without me realizing it. And it really just built up mm-hmm. and exploded. And I started having all these weird symptoms. Um, I've started passing out randomly. Like I was having nervous system dysfunction that would cause me to just go into flight or fight um, just for no real reason. Um, I was having really bad stomach issues and um, just, you know, had some like injuries that wouldn't heal too. And it was really weird, you know, where it's like, why, why am I, I'm young. I should be, you know, rejuvenating my body and it wasn't happening. And so I I started going to doctors and, um, you know, went to like a cardiologist with the passing out thing. And, you know, he looked at my heart and was like, yeah, you're fine. You're, you know, 
and I was like, what? No, no, no. Okay. Like, no. Uh, and you know, I saw, I saw different people and, and you know, the general impression was, yeah, you're a healthy young guy. Like this shouldn't be happening to you, but there's nothing we can really do. Cause we're not going to take the time to look into what's really going on because you're not a high risk patient, you know? And so I was just kind of like told, go figure it out. Right. And like, that's, they're not on your team. They're not like with you to make sure that you find that solution, which, you know, I really, for you, I feel like you're on someone's team today, especially to, to help them like, Hey, what is not working? Looking at the whole system approach and like, let's get your system back in order. So I, I think that that's, you know, coming from that pain, it's gotta, gotta say like something was missing there in the traditional doctor, traditional Western medicine approach, something was mis- missing. And so you kept going on your quest. Keep telling us, man. Yeah. And, and that's exactly right. And I think having those experiences really was important for me to know what kind of services I provide. I want to provide for people, which is like being a, being a team member and being a partner in, in exploring health. Um, but anyway, so I really got into the biohacking world and just started listening to all the information that I could. Uh, I, I kind of replaced my music obsession for a little bit with health obsession. Mm. I was like, you know, kind of took the same approach of like, I'm going to learn everything I can about this and really started to make some foundational changes with my diet, um, started meditating, started doing things that I knew would calm my nervous system and got myself to, a, you know, back to a pretty decent place. And then this kind of wild synchronicity happened where I was on a walk during my lunch break at work. And I realized that what the logo on the building next door was actually the exact same logo as one of my favorite podcasts, one of my favorite health podcasts with this doctor named Dan Stickler, who was a world expert in genetics and epigenetics. And I was like, no way I've been, li- I've just listened to all of your episodes. I like sought you out for certain things because no one else was talking about this stuff and realized he had an office next door. So I made an appointment just to get some blood work done. And it turned out that they were actually looking to hire someone with audio production skills for this experimental sound chamber <laughs> that um, one of the co-owners of the clinic had built. Who, you know, She was an audiologist and a performance expert for the Air Force. She was also a colonel in the Air Force. And they were basically looking for me and I was basically looking for them. And so I, you know, started working and building some programs for them, um, stuff designed for like augmented meditation and, and altered state kind of stuff within the sound. And right around the time I started there, um, Dr. Stickler developed a training program because uh, he was getting, requests from other practitioners and doctors to to train them in his method of genetics and epigenetics and kind of figure it out over time with his clients. Um, And he's kind of one of those pioneers where he was just like, yeah, you know, no one else is doing this. The research is there. No one is applying it clinically yet. I'm just going to start experimenting and see what happens. And um, I mean, he really built, has built up an incredible wealth of knowledge from that. And so he asked me if I wanted to be a beta tester for his training program. And and I actually said no at first because I was like, I, I'm not a you know, health coach. I'm not a practitioner. Like I'm a, I'm a musician and he kind of kept bugging me. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll trust you. And you know, this is a guy who's, he's a um, consultant to Google. He's a medical director for neurohacker collective, the guys who create quality. Like he's a, he knows what he's talking about. So I trusted him when he was you know saying like, yeah, you could do this. And kind of the rest is history. 
got found out that I really enjoyed working with other people and hadn't really developed a solid basis in, you know, my own kind of recovery. And, um, here I am. This is, this is so freaking powerful, man. Um, I notice people who are around really powerful mentors like, like yours was, um, and he sees the greatness in you. He encourages you. He believes in you. And he's like, you can do this. I feel like someone who's already achieved success and we, we believe it. We, we see it. We know it's possible. And then that person also affirms us and speaks life into us. I think that's one of the greatest things that we can experience, man. So I, I feel like you're doing that as well with people who are who have sy- symptoms, sy- systematic symptoms that are going on. And you're like, hey, I know what it's like to be there, to suffer, to have all these ailments and things not working the way that we, sh- we want them to, that, that they should. And I know that there's light at the end of the tunnel that you can get through this. You can live in a, in a better way. And I think the power of like coaches, consultants, experts being able to share their journey like you did and like your, your mentor helped and encouraged you. I think that's so powerful, man. Yeah, I think it's a huge part of the process. And I think it's something that's really missing in the relationship most people have with their healthcare practitioners, because, you know, there, there's not that real personal relationship. And, you know, I, I see less people intentionally, so I can build that relationship. And I really like to work with people that, you know, I resonate with, and like, we have a good connection so that we can build that platform of, of trust and that platform of, of really, you know, encouragement. Like you said, just knowing that someone is capable of reaching their goals and, and telling them that that's such mm-hmm. a huge um, motivator and really lights people up, I think. And, and it's such an important part of the process, the whole mindset piece. Yeah, man. Wow. This is, this is great. So when someone says, hey, my, my life, my health, my well-being is not working, my performance, mental clarity isn't working the way that I want it to, and they come to you, like, what's the first step? Like, what, what is their, their process to getting to where they want to go? Yeah, absolutely. So it really depends on the person. Um, most people, I'm going to start with a genetic test. Um, I, I've found that really being able to look at the way people are wired at the genetic level kind of gives me the foundational elements to say, um, you know, here's some changes that we can start with. Um, and so you know, I use um, I use Dr. Stickler's company. I'm affiliated with them still up here on. Sure. I, use, I use their test kit and some of their processing. Um, and I, I found it to just be extremely effective at narrowing things down. Like we can just mm-hmm. say like, yeah, it's probably this. It's probably not that. And you can do it for a lot less than, you know, running tons and tons of blood test, test panels, uh, which can get, you know, really, really expensive, really what, fast. What's the difference between genetics tests and uh, blood panels that other pe- people might get elsewhere? Yeah. Yeah. So I like using both in certain cases. I'm not sure. talking, you know, down on, on blood tests at all, but, um, the, I look at them kind of as the what and the why where blood tests are going to give you the what it's going to say, what is happening in your body at this exact moment, but genetics are going to give you more of the why why is that particular marker high or low? And, you know, for some things you don't necessarily need to look at the what, if you have the why you just kind of can say, all right, we know your, your tendencies and you're more likely to go in this direction. So let's just pull you in this direction. Um, but sometimes it's nice to pair them together and really get kind of the multiple data points. And, you know, I think that's also one of my, uh, core tenets or beliefs is that the more data you have, more 
split decision you can make about what to do. And, you know, really looking at it from a data driven perspective, like, you know, we're, we're living in a world right now where um, anything that we do has a data component out, you know, to it, whether you're online, you're, you're, if you're, if you're a marketer, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. If you're in any type of business, you're any type of entrepreneur, you know, you need to have the numbers to make decisions with. How are you going to know what to do if you don't have the numbers? So I take that similar approach to health to say like, well, let's, let's not just look at the numbers, but let's really understand why that they're showing up that way. Um, and so, you know, depending on the client, I might recommend we, you know, start with a genetic test and then, you know, add some blood testing in depending on what shows up. Like sometimes genetics will say, we'll, we'll point to things where we do want to look at um, some blood markers. And some people, you know, I'd say probably about 60% of my clients were just doing genetics and they're getting really good benefit from that. Um, it's people that have a little bit more complex stuff, I'll, I'll add blood markers into. And, and with with genes, I want to want to catch people up on that conversation, and even myself, with understanding our genes. What do what do we need to be looking for in our genes? Like, how do we how do we read our genes? How do we understand what's what's in there? And I'm sure you you have so much experience. But what do we as individuals? What should we know about our genes? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll kind of back up and just kind of give you the twenty thousand foot view here. Yeah. Um, you know, when we discovered DNA back in the the fifties. We did not understand that it had this other layer to it called epigenetics, and that's really been this revolution in the past 20 or 30 years. And so for a really long time, we had this idea that your genes create your destiny, right? All of the, you know, any type of disease state or anything in between is kind of caused by your DNA. And then... What we've discovered recently is that that's only partially true, and there's actually way more flexibility and way more importance to what you do with your life, what the environmental interaction is, and so that's epigenetics. And and so what looking at your your DNA can give you is an understanding of how you're going to epigenetically respond to different things in the environment, to different foods, to different practices. And what what you might want to be looking for, you know, as um, you know, at like you, if you if you did your genes, you would want to look at, you know, some of the really high impact ones that have been well studied and we know that they create certain effects, they create certain predispositions. They might create higher nutrient requirements. Um, you know, there's certain ones that create certain B vitamin requirements for certain people. And, um, the, the overall gist of it is that, um, it's not really about what genes you have. It's more about what you do with the genes you have, right? It's, it's the gene and environment interaction. That's important, not just the genes themselves. And I think a lot of people really get stuck in this idea that, um, you know, if I find out my genes, I'm going to find out I have this disease risk or I don't want to know. Mm. Um, but what's really important is coming from a place of empowerment yeah. and really saying, Hey, this is just information. If you, you know, if you're, if you're going out at five o'clock traffic and there's a traffic jam on this one route that you might take, wouldn't it be nice to like look at your GPS and make a decision to take a different route so you can avoid the traffic jam? Yeah. Like it's just kind of common sense. And uh, if, if you really take away um, some of the, um, the emotion out of, out of the way people think about this stuff, it's the same idea. It's yeah. let's avoid the traffic jam and just go down the quick and easy route 
that your body naturally wants to take and just kind of grease the wheels and make it easier for you to get to where you want to be. So people might be afraid of finding out something because it, it could it put their life in, mean their life is in danger or they have a shorter amount of time span or they have to deal with more challenges or obstacles. They might have shame about something. They don't want to find out something that could be a detriment and something that is a burden for them. So they'd rather say, uh, talked about it earlier, the devil that I know or that I don't, that I know is better than one that I don't know. Right. So it's like, well, I'll just keep suffering. I, I don't I don't know exactly what's going on, but, you know, it's it's it is what it is. And I just keep getting along without it versus saying, hey, you know, I'm going to confront this information. I'm going to get it. And then from there, I can make a more educated, empowering uh, decision. But I love what you said and in, in how I relate to it is we already have all the necessary ingredients within us, like the DNA, as I understand it. It already has like basically infinite potential for what we could become and, and what it could express. But because of our environment, because of our food, because of how we think, whatever it might be, only certain parts of it and, and uh, parts of it are activated, which can potentially limit us. So to become limitless to become superhuman, which I, you know, I, I love that kind of conversation. I love like activating our greatest possible self and all that that entails. Like, then we have to understand what are the ingredients inside of us and how is it currently making the recipe? What is the recipe creating and how do we shift that recipe and how the ingredients come together to, to uh, create a different outcome, to create a different finished product and a beautiful, beautiful pie or whatever it might be. Yeah, absolutely. I love the way you phrase that. And I think that's really what it's about overall is, you know, learning what these different components of yourself are, how they function, and what are you going to do to make them work optimally? Because when you really look at the science, like almost everything has a positive and a negative to it. It's not that there's good and bad genes. It's bad. It's that those genes function differently when they're in different environments, when they're, and when I say environment, I'm talking about food. I'm talking about sleep. I'm talking about all these things that our body takes in as information. Right. Um, and so like to give you an example, there's this gene called MTHFR that uh, when you look at forums on genetics, people get really up in arms about having certain MTHFR variants because uh, so certain ones are associated with higher cancer risk, certain, um, you know, uh, like cognitive decline, that kind of thing. But when, when you really look at the science, um, it's only when people eat diets that are deficient in certain nutrients. It makes you at more prone to have nutrient deficiencies because you use more folate, you use more B12. But people more folate in B12, they actually have a lower cancer risk than people with the other type of variant. So it's like you're you're looking at modifying these things. You're looking at at giving people what they need to thrive and not just stopping at, oh, well, I just have, you know, predisposition. It's it's no, like, let's see what we can do about it. And that's really how I approach things. And, um, you know, I'm really not focused on disease because I know I've mentioned cancer a couple of times, but I'm really more just focused on what are the action items? What are the things that we can do? Um, I don't even really talk about disease risk much. I'm just focused on how can we go from here to where you want to be? Um, and really look at what are the lifestyle factors that we can, we can make hap that happen with. Yeah, man. Uh, what I, what I also know is important as a, um, as an expert, as a service provider for you, 
um, is being able to communicate with your your clients and have the conversation land and have them be like want to take action on it and implement what they learn. That's one thing, and then also just having the right information, right? Like I think that's that's what can set service providers apart from each other. Is like, hey, we we all kind of go get the information, and certain people study differently and get better information or integrate it more effectively. But I, I know there's the delivery and there's the um, what is it bedside manner, so to speak, of a of a doctor or practitioner. I'm curious for you, like what's important to make sure that your clients go use this information because they, they might be equipped with it. Now, how do they actually go change their, their food uh, environment, their thought environment, their sleep environment? What really is important for you, man? Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good point. And I think that in general, knowing that the information you're getting it's personalized to you makes it easier to implement because it takes away some of the guesswork. Um, But at the same time, you know, delivering it in a way for me that really meets people where they're at. And, you know, I recognize that like some people aren't interested in every little detail, right? Some people just want to know, give me the basics. I'm going to make a few changes at first, and then maybe we'll go back and, and, and kind of do the really deep nerdy biohacking stuff. And it really just depends, you know, and I think getting a feel for, for that is important and, you know, understanding um, what someone's goals are, you know, and, and delivering the information in a way that's congruent with that. And, you know, like if, if you're like someone like you who is, uh, on top of their on top of their game and and working and doing doing shows like this day in and day out you know needing to stay sharp and you know I'd imagine you're already probably doing you know sticking to a pretty clean diet and, and doing some just general regular maintenance yep. exercise everything like that you know we might work on what are the little tweaks and refinements that you know can give you a little bit of cognitive edge mm-hmm. um, and we might really you know be looking more at you know specific supplements and um, um, you know, kind of really tweaking and, and going to the next level. Whereas someone who's um, just trying to make it through the day mm-hmm. and have enough energy to get by, like I'm looking at things from a much different perspective. It's mm-hmm. like, let's just, you know, start with the basics sure. and, you know, I'll probably weave in a few more advanced jujitsu kind of things, <laughs> you know, in there that might not be so obvious, but um, some, you know, it's really about just, just kind of understanding who, who I'm sitting across from and who I'm talking to and yeah. making sure that uh, I know what their level of commitment is, know what their level of uh, understanding of, of information, because, you know, health is a complex thing. Nutrition is a complex thing. Um, you know, I'm going to not waste my time explaining, you know, advanced level concepts to someone who needs to understand, you know, what a carb and a protein and fat is. And, uh, you know, it's, it kind of just really matters what, um, you know, who, who the person is and, and how I can help them. That's, that's what it comes down to. It's the, it's the, if you're willing to w- crawl, I'll crawl with you. If you're willing to walk, I'll walk with you. If you're willing to run, I'm right there with you sprinting with you. Like we're, we're going all in, you know, I think that's, that's a great approach to take. And I know meditation was something you talked about a little bit. Like how does, how does meditation affect our gene expression? Like, well, why would, why would genes turn off or turn on because of sitting in silence or guided meditation or whatever else style of meditation someone might uh, activate? Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's that's one of the million dollar questions right now. And there's a lot of different reasons. And I think it's one of those things that again has mul- you know multifaceted 
angles to why that happens. Um, but they've you know done epigenetic studies and look at gene expression and uh, meditators. And what they found is experienced meditators have about two or 3,000 different genes that have been shifted in their expression versus non-meditating. Then even people just meditate for, I think it was eight weeks they were looking at, regular meditation for eight weeks shifts a good percentage of those ones too. And we're talking about turning on genes that decrease inflammation, turning off genes that promote inflammation, uh, better immune response, and you know, things that you just generally want to have uh, from a longevity perspective. And you know, there's there's a few... There's a few angles. One is something called the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve is this, this nerve that um, goes from the brain and gets connected to all the organs in our body. And it not only sends information from brain to the organs, but actually sends information from the organs up into the brain. And so the idea of having like a gut feeling or, or you know gut instinct actually has a biological basis to it. They really think that that is... Um, you know, kind of a central feature there. But what it does is it's related to um, sense of safety, sense of, um, you know, whether you should be in a stress, stressed out state or calm. Uh, it has to do with the social engagement system, like the ability for us to connect and have facial expressions where, you know, I, I'm a non-threatening person. Mm -hmm. And like the vagus, vagus nerve is centrally related to that. And so when you do deep breathing, any type of deep breathing exercise, you're activating the vagus nerve in a way that promotes that relaxation response. And so, you know, most meditation, most forms of meditation have a, have a breathing component to it. Um, you know, that's kind of a central piece of most of them. And so just on a physiological level, um, you're activating this, this nerve response that takes away, you know, a stressful impulse for, for the body to, to be on alert and guarded. And I think that in of itself creates the opportunity for genes to change expression. And, uh, you know, there's also some studies that have looked at telomere length. Um, telomeres are this part of the chromosome that kind of protects our, um, our, our genome when a cell copies itself. And over time, uh, the telomeres on the cell kind of get degraded and it's one of the parts of aging. Um, you know, it's just something that happens naturally. Um, but what they found is meditators uh, tend to have longer chromosomes. And actually, even further, specific types of meditation produce better results in chromosomes. So, you know, mindfulness meditation is pretty good, but they've actually found that loving kindness meditation, where you're actively engaging wow. with the sense of, you know, gratitude, loving kindness. Uh, appreciation, generating a sense of heartfelt love, actually increases telomere length more than any other type of meditation. Dang. So there's so, there's something about the actual emotional resonance that's happening, and you know, in terms of the mechanism, I mean, epigenetics is 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 kind of this interface to some degree between the mind and the body, uh, between our thoughts and our emotions and the way things show up. And so when you're doing something like meditation, you're actively changing genetic expression. And, um, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of interesting things that come out of understanding this more deeply, but, uh, at the, at the very least, I think it's a, a central piece of anyone's wellness practice. Um, and, you know, just to kind of, give you another angle on this that I think really speaks to the, the emotional aspect of how we live our lives and how we relate to ourselves and our, you know, other people around us and, and our purpose is there is a study done 
at UCLA in 2015 that looked at people's happiness and where they derived their happiness from. They, they broke people down into two groups. Uh, one what they classified as hedonic and the other one is eudaimonic, meaning the hedonic group, you know, hedonism, uh, they're predominantly getting happiness from like pleasure-based activities, going out and partying, drinking with friends, whatever, you know. Um, and the other group, the eudaimonic group, um, ha- was more related to getting, to being happy from pursuing their life's purpose, or feeling like their life had meaning. And they analyzed the epigenome of these two groups. And sure enough, they, they found that the eudaimonic group, the, the passion and purpose group, actually had a more positive immune profile, more positive expression and inflammation related genes. And, you know, in terms of mechanism there, it's, it's anyone's guess as far as why that really shifts expression like that. But the fact that it, it does and can have that impact, I think is all I need to know to know that, you know, I'm going to try and live my life that way. And yeah, I'm going to go and, and do things that are pleasurable and, and all that too. But, you know, in terms of the balance and really understanding where energy it has to matter um and i think from a from a whole systems approach to health knowing that you can actually change your genetic expression just by living your life in a way that's congruent with your, your deepest self your you know your deepest possible self i think that that is in just you know it's an incredible thing to add into your health regimen right to, mm-hmm. to think about your passion and your purpose as a part of generating health yeah, and I think just like for anyone out there who's wanting to meet the the make the rubber meet the road, simply every day say, "Hey, today I'm I am committed to living my purpose. I'm committed to discovering. I'm committed to walking my purpose, doing things that I'm passionate about, having more fun, having more play in my life in a way that serves other people. That I, I enjoy myself and I also serve other people and do something that's that's bigger." And what comes up for me with the the hedonism is it's like, well, it's all so short-term gratification. So long-term consequences don't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm even around in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. So it's like the, that just that mindset, the thought pattern, the the um how the the cycle will keep happening. It's like, well, the body body says, well, brain, so you, you don't need me very long? Okay, cool. I, I, then I guess I don't need these long telomeres. Let's start shortening these these, these things because it doesn't matter if I'm here or not versus like you got a purpose. You got something that you're doing, bigger work. You're like, I need to do this. Like this is important for me to show up. It's important for me to take care of my body. It's important for me to be here 10 years from now continuing with this purpose because like I'm, I have to live this message. And it's almost like the energy of that or thought pattern or whatever it might be signals to the body keep working well because you're supposed to work well so that I can go do this thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, almost, it's similar to exercise in some ways where you're like, you are intentionally stressing your body for a short period of time for these long-term gains. And it, and it, you know, if you are constantly under that stress, if you're like trying to lift weights for 24 hours a day, you're going to do some damage. Right. <laughs> but, and, and that, and that doesn't tell your body, yeah, save some for later, but it's this, this sort of balance, I think, uh, that the body responds to in some ways between this sense of uh, yeah short term and long term balance and just really being um, you know conscious of your emotional state and your your well being and the energy yeah you know, I, I think that that is a key word there is you know there's all these 
energetic practices that typically Western science has kind of thrown out because we don't have a mechanism to understand them. Mm. But sub, you know, from subjective and anecdotal reports, there's plenty of valid uh, validity to a lot of this stuff. Um, epigenetics actually acts in some ways as what appears to be the interface and the mechanism for a lot of things like acupuncture or uh, Reiki and other types of energy work. Like there's some cool studies really looking at genetic expression in these practices. And, you know, it, it really, again, kind of shows you like, yeah, you know, the, the energy that you're putting off, the way you're interacting with people, the way you are carrying yourself and talking to yourself, you know, really makes a big difference beyond just, um, I don't want to say just, but beyond just the way you're feeling in the moment, it actually is this constant feedback loop that your body is um, kind of generating. And your your thoughts are sort of this monitor that you can check in on. Your emotions are a monitor that you can check in on. And there's an interrelationship between uh, the genetic expression in your body and, and how all that fits together. Wow. I, I love, we were talking about performance. I think we have a lot of creative people out there and I know creativity and dopamine and chemistry and our genetics and our body all play together. Tell us what we need to know about that, David. Oh yeah. So, um, in terms of the dopamine system, there's some pretty cool genetics you can look at and really understand the way that you're wired around, around dopamine and creativity. So, um, I, I was just talking to a client about this right before this call. Um, there's this gene called COMT, and it's also it's a really well studied one. And one of its the main things it does is it creates this enzyme uh, that breaks down dopamine in the brain. Mm -hmm. And so if you have high amounts of COMT, you, you tend to have lower amounts of dopamine. Uh, and if you have uh, low amounts of COMT, you tend to have higher amounts of dopamine. Mm -hmm. And you know this is just looking kind of in a general sense. Um, but there's some pretty, uh, strong personality traits that are associated with both of those things where the, the, uh, the low dopamine, high COMT variants, um, they're called the, the warrior variants. The other ones are called the, so the warrior variants tend to have a lot of stress resiliency. Um, tend to be more flexible in their thinking, uh, but they also tend to be more prone to like addictive behavior and things that can really um, be related to like pleasure seeking dopamine reward response because they have low dopamine. Um, and they also tend to be more prone to like, um, you know, ADD type uh, thought forms where you're jumping around from thing to thing. Um, on the other side, the, the, the high dopamine folks with the COMT, the low COMT variant, um, they tend to be able to concentrate for longer, sit there and have like one train of thought and be very rigid in their thinking. But that can also be a detriment, right? Mm. Um, where there's less flexibility, less, less, uh, less cognitive flexibility usually, um, and a higher tendency towards stress uh, because it then this, it also breaks down norepinephrine, which is one of the, the main stress neurotransmitters. So you can have higher amounts of dopamine, higher amounts of norepinephrine. And uh, this is one thing that I, I see different types of creativity manifest. It's really wild to like see how people express themselves creatively and how this, this you know, set of genes can impact this kind of thing. Because I'll, I'll see, you know, the, um, the very, flexible people be more like the what you think of as artists and express their creativity in that way and then i see the um 
the higher dopamine type people be more like the engineer type, you know, like the more like I'm going to sit and think through this one problem and focus on this one thing. And, you know, it's not to say that it's a total black or white kind of thing, uh, but it's kind of interesting to, to look at and play around with. And then there's ways that you can um, experiment with increasing dopamine levels or it, it influencing the COMT gene. And um, some people find it very useful, um, you know, especially for low dopamine folks that have a higher addiction propensity um, to use some things that can create more dopamine in the brain, dopamine precursors. And um, there's all kinds of ways you can modify and influence that system. And so it's like, you know, I don't want to be reductionistic and, and say like, yeah, it all comes down to that because it definitely doesn't. There's so <laughs> much more, but it's an interesting correlation from my perspective to like be looking at people's genes and like seeing how people manifest themselves creatively. Wow. Wow. And and you were talking about cognitive flexibility. And when, when you said that, I thought about like neural pathways. And um, I think that there's also a way that our epigenetics can can influence our neural pathways, our ability to create new new habits, new ways of thinking. Can you dive into that just a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. So that's a pretty strong subset of what I'm looking for with with people uh, as well in terms of really how do you get the brain to wire new formations, new neuron pathways and everything. And um, there's certain certain brain chemicals that are responsible for that, uh, that you can look at genetics that are, are related to lower and higher levels of those. And uh, one in particular is called BDNF. Um, that stands for brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Um, and uh, you can stop me if I'm getting too deep. Great, no, I love it. Keep going, man. Yeah, Keep cool, going cool. Um, and there, there's, a, there's a gene called BDNF that you know creates and codes for that, that, uh, that, that molecule. Okay. And uh, certain people are prone to higher or lower levels of it. Mm-hmm. And you can see this impact things like um, – Nutritional requirements, like people that have low BDNF tend to do worse with omega-6 fats. Mm. Um, and so, and actually, I have, I have this variant. Um, and when I found this out, I, like, really started to play around with my nut intake and, like, seeds. Nuts and seeds are pretty high in omega-6s. And found out that, like, on days where I didn't eat nuts, I felt way less inflamed the next day. And then I could, like, like intentionally make myself feel inflamed and puffy and like Uh. (laughs) low low functioning by eating, by eating too many nuts. And it was one of those things where I was like, wow, nuts are supposed to be so good, right? It's a healthy fat. Just generally is thought of as a healthy fat, but for certain people um, that carry the BDNF variant, there's also one called um, APOA5 that has some similar effects Um, for certain people. Like, yeah, you want to stay away from, from too many nuts and too many seeds. And you can, I, I mean, I feel a, like a huge difference within 24 hours. Um, and, and BDNF can also influence sleep and um, actually heavy metal processing too is an interesting one. It has some role in, in ability to detoxify heavy metals out of the body. Um, so, you know, this is just kind of an example of um, how granular it can get. And, the low BNF variant, here's four different herbs and here's three different lifestyle practices that we know will increase BDNF. And if you do those things on a regular basis, you can really much pretty much offset all these uh potentially, you know, difficult effects of them. And um I'm living proof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and and like your body is this 
like chemistry lab, right? Uh, I think uh, I was hearing, I'm sure multiple people have said it, but Sadhguru said that like our body is like the most state-of-the-art chemical factory, you know, that can that can produce any chemical compound that, that like it needs to, to function or dysfunction or whatever it might be. And so it's all about what we feed it, our environment, things like that, what we, what we think. And I think it's so powerful to just be curious about what's going on and also like everyone, I feel like everyone needs to know that whatever the mass media or whoever, your brother, sister, aunt, uncle tells you is the right diet for you, they don't know what they're talking about because they don't have your DNA and your genetic profile, so they can't give you accurate information. So it's like, like why do well, I, I, I was going to say, why don't we get this as kids? But that is not the, an effective question, uh, but it's it's such a beautiful set of, of information to be able to access. How do I live my best life? W- equipped with this information, we can really start to shift like our happiness, our fulfillment, our peace, our ability to be at ease, our, our bodies to function well, be happier, be better, you know, brothers, sisters, daughters, fathers, whatever it might be, because like we all just want to be the best version of ourselves. And when we're equipped with the right information, we can do that, but most of the time we're equipped with misinformation that causes us to think that we're doing the right things, but be so frustrated that we're not getting the results that we want. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really the core of it is what works for someone might not work for someone else. And I think that a lot of people that push you know, certain types of diets, certain types of nutritional styles, they're pretty well-intentioned for the most part. Like Most of it is because it worked really well for them. And then they're like, well, everyone has to go eat the keto taco diet or whatever it is. You know, like everyone needs to do this because it worked well for me. And you see it you know, with keto, with vegan, with paleo, all, all the kind of, you know, popular styles. And people get really caught up in this idea that, um, you know, I saw it work so, so great for this person, for my neighbor, for my mom, whatever. Um, but it's really more about what's working for you. And genetics really give you this roadmap to follow that cuts out what, what I call supplement aisle syndrome, where you're, you're standing in the supplement aisle and everything is supposed to be good for you <laughs> and you're overwhelmed. Then you're like, well, maybe this is all just a scam. Anyway. And so, it, right. And so it really just narrows down all of these potential things that could be good for you, mm-hmm. but it really matters on, you know, on a deeper level, how you're wired. And, you know, in, I see it so clearly in certain people that come to me that like have tried a keto approach mm-hmm. and have tried to put themselves in a box, a vegan approach. You know, I work with a lot of people that have done vegan, have done keto, have done paleo and like just not really gotten the results that they were really hoping for and not really gotten the results that they were promised on the blogs and the podcasts and everything. And it's not their fault. It's, you know, it's definitely not your fault. If you've tried something that just shows that you're willing to take the next step and Mm. a little bit of risk. And I Mm. think you should be rewarded and for, for that, you know, that's a valuable personality trait. But if you take that sense of, knowing that you could do better, knowing that you could put yourself in a place that you want and kind of match it up with something that's a little bit more targeted and personalized and not particularly married to a particular dietary approach, just looking at more of a meta perspective of, yeah, these are all tools. These all work for different people in different contexts. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you really can get a quicker, more efficient path to where you want to be. And it's one of those things too, that I, I find so funny because you know, people are always looking for quick results, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I'm so not focused on that. I'm so focused on what can this, how can this be sustainable in the long term, yep. right? How can this be something that becomes just a natural style? You know, that's not a diet. It's just how you eat or how you live your life. But it's funny because when you match yourself up with something that is really integrated as a long-term practice, the results happen so much faster, kind of just as a byproduct. You know, it's like, it, it's funny to me that by not focusing on fast results, that's what you get. Wow. It's, it's so true, you know, to like say, hey, I'm going to do the da- daily discipline. I'm going to do the basics instead of trying to do all these quick fix solutions that end up you know, sabotaging us or, you know, putting us back five, 10, 15 steps, whatever it might be. It's like to focus on the the long-term stuff, the basics, mastering the basics. That's what really will carry us to where we want to go and get us there even faster in a more holistic, empowering way. And I love it, man. I also know, I read in your intro a little bit about um, cannabinoids and I want to hear just what, what role that has played uh, in your, in your research and epigenetics and what you found out about that, man. Yeah, absolutely. So I got really interested in the genetics of cannabinoids uh, a few years ago. And because, you know, I was learning all this stuff about nutrition and, and nutrigenetics and all that, and realized there is a body of research on cannabis and how, you know, certain variants affect people's response. And no one was talking about it. Um, and so I, I put together some information and I'm actually working on a, a training for practitioners right now that'll be out first quarter next year. Um, in terms of really helping people understand how this works, but um, there are all kinds of genes that impact your metabolism of cannabinoids. So, you know, certain people just get rocked by edibles mm. and you wonder like, why is, why did that person just take 10 milligrams and that person just took 10 milligrams and that guy's on the floor and that guy's <laughs> like, like, you know, writing a paper or doing whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so, you know, there's certain variants that, uh, just impact how long THC stays in your system, how fully it's broken down. And then there's a number of variants um, related directly to the cannabinoid receptors that kind of change how they're shaped a little bit mm-hmm. and impact everything from stress response uh, to um, kind of attraction to cannabis. Like, are you someone who, you know, actually gets a good effect from it or are you someone who gets paranoid and anxious from it? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, the, yeah, it's pretty fascinating because like I, I grew up uh, and I was attracted to cannabis from a young, young age. It mm-hmm. was one of those things that when I first smelled it was just like, oh, I got to know what, what that is. <laughs> uh, and, you know, looking at my genes, like I have the variants associated with like lower natural cannabinoid levels. And so it makes sense. I would be attracted to cannabinoids. Right. Um, and you know, there, there's variants that have been studied that are associated with like differences in cognitive performance. So like in a pretty wide range, like there's again, that actually the COMT variant has to do with short-term memory function after consuming THC. And what they found is the, the low dopamine, uh, high COMT variants have a much worse short-term memory response versus the other variants. Uh, and the, the low dopamine COMT variants score about 40% worse on short-term memory tests after 40%. I mean, that's like a really huge difference. Um, (laughs) Whereas the, the other COMT variants tend to be kind of protected against that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not just that one gene, there's like four or five others they know of that also impact 
uh, short-term memory. And so you stack them together and look at how, you know, are you kind of all pointing in one direction, all pointing in another one. I actually just did a read with a guy right before this call who he like won the genetic lottery on this. He had like every single one of the protective genes. And I was like, I've never seen <laughs> this. Like you should be like able to smoke a joint and like, you know, do complex mathematics. It's like, <laughs> That's so awesome, man. It's so cool that like there's there's research on this stuff, on these different aspects and dimensions of life. And I, I just love it. I love the research you've done. I love what you shared today, man. So I wanna I wanna wrap it up, David, with the just like the final takeaway of what people can get when they really make their epigenetics a priority to researching it, to learning about it, to you know, continuing their their journey with you. Tell them like what what are the benefits? What can they get from it, man? Yeah, I think that really the biggest benefits that I've seen in myself and my clients are increased body composition, you know, better weight loss, uh, just better mood and focus and energy would be the top three. Um, really just more control over your life, more knowing what you're putting in your body, what you're doing is going to lead to the outcome you want. And I think that just having that sense of knowing and that sense of awareness um, really takes you to a place where, you know, you, you don't spend so much time just deciding, right? It takes out the the decision fatigue. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, is energy levels, um, you know, really having the mental clarity and the capacity to make important decisions and really think through things and have more mental clearance to do the emotional work that, that comes with uh, its life and, and dealing with it and really approaching things from a positive perspective. You know, I hear so often like um, from clients that I work you know, after we get uh, kind of the basics dialed in and some of the supplements and, and things that are really designed for their genes. Uh, I hear so often, okay, I'm ready for the next step. I'm ready to like really dive in and do this work that I was kind of avoiding before. You know, I'm ready to go like look at myself in a different way and like just dive into this thing that I've been trying to do for a while. Like I've had this idea that I've been wanting to do, but I haven't had the energy to do it. And so there's all this this change that happens and prog progression to bring it back um, with, you know, understanding where you can go and just having the capacity to do it. And it's like, just clear the way, take away the obstacles and, you know, just, it, it's all simple stuff too. Like none of it is even that complex. It's just about doing the right things yeah. and doing things that are really matched up for your body and, and not someone else's. Yeah. It's like being armed, so to speak, or equipped with the right information so that we can make choices that have the greatest exponential progressive effects for a long, long time to come, man. So David, this has been a blast. I want people to know how do they connect with you? How do they take those next steps with you? What do you got coming up in 2020 that they can take action on, man? This, is, this has been a blast. Yeah, absolutely. So my website is david-krantz.com, uh, david-k-r-a-n-t-z.com. And um, I've got a couple free offerings for people up there. I've got a uh, guide called the Top 10 Tips for Late Night Creatives, uh, designed for other people like myself who like to work at night. And <laughs> I've just kind of got the most foundational things. It's about 20 pages, chock full of good stuff. And then I've got a couple uh, webinar presentations up there that people can watch for free. I've got one on, on the genetics of cannabis and I've got one on just the art of matching your genes with your routine. Um, and people can watch those for free and 
Uh, I also offer a free 30 minute consultation for anyone who is interested in working together. So if you can imagine yourself with more energy and more focus and waking up in the morning, ready to go with more zest for life, um, you know, we can talk and see if we're a good fit to work together. So, um, yeah, that's where people can find me. I'm all about that energized life, David. I love it. I love it. I love it. Everyone who's tuning in, go to www.david-krantz.com. And that's K-R-A-N-T-Z.com. And David, it's been an absolute blast having you here, man. I love the work that you're doing. I'm, I'm excited to see how you how you grow. You're just you're just like hitting your stride, man. I'm excited to see this this purpose and this mission of yours blossom and see how many lives that you are truly able to make, to, to make a difference in, man, to impact. So thank you for the work that you do, David. It's, it's really really awesome. Hey, thank you for the work you do, Chris, and appreciate the ability to talk to all the people that follow your work and all the awesome things you do. So thank you. Thank you, man. We'll see you soon. Okay. All right. Take care. From the bottom of my heart. Thank you for tuning in right now. We've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment you have an opportunity to rewrite your story right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com, and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow, and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.